0: Get ready for chills and thrills at Hometown Haunts and Hops Horror Convention here in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Join us for a spine-tingling day of horror-filled fun on October 28th at the Mayflower Brewing Company. Meet horror actor Matthew G. Taylor from Resident Evil and dive into a macabre world of cinema and literature. Sip on chilling brews, indulge in ghastly treats, and immerse yourself in a haunted atmosphere. Whether you're a horror buff or just seeking an unforgettable experience, Hometown Haunts and Hops has it all. Don't miss out on the eerie excitement. Secure your tickets now by heading on over to anebriart.com. Go to our events calendar, and in October, you'll find the link for Hometown Haunts and Hops, which is sponsored by HalloweenNewEngland.com. HalloweenNewEngland.com is the website for the truly Halloween-obsessed, with the most extensive guides to New England haunted houses, ghost tours, classic horror film screenings, Jackerland and Festivals haunted hayrides and more. They've got all the thrills covered throughout September and October with over 2500 Halloween events on their events calendar and hundreds of local Halloween attractions. It's the only place you'll find everything from haunted history tours and costume contests to which haunts are open on Thursday nights. Halloweennewengland.com has your Halloween covered and is sponsoring Hometown Haunts and Hops this year. welcome back inebriates this is andy your host as always and um today's guest came via fan of the show um so a listener uh turned out to be today's it was your daughter who's in college correct correct yeah
1: so, down uh, in new orleans uh-huh
0: nice we're with uh, d elliot woods um actor voice actor hand model commercial a little bit of everything um yeah writer yeah so um so i didn't even get your daughter's name oh where's your daughter's name oh sydney 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 thanks for listening um i hope you don't not listen to your dad's episode that'd be rude
1: (laughs) (laughs) well this is this is the only way i'm ever gonna make it to the level of being cool i might make it now finally you never know
0: it's so funny how like when I first started podcasting, my kids are like, oh, I listen to your podcast I listen to your podcast. Now we're like 360 episodes. And I'm like, oh, did you hear the new episode? Like, no. <laughs> 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 You're like, yeah. thanks, man. Thanks a lot. No, thanks for having me, man. This is beautiful. Yeah. Um. So you have a new audio book. Um, and for us dyslexic people, I uh, love that i'm not a big reader but it's called uh rise of the unicorn uh just give us a quick rundown like what what is like how did you how did you come up with and you know can give us a rundown what the idea is how'd you come up with the idea like give us a little bit of backstory on it
1: okay well let's see one it's um it's a suspense thriller and i am a big fan of well obviously of movies um major fan and uh, but I also because of my little nerdish qualities, I, I my mind latches on to oddball facts. And there are some things in this story. Um, oh, and, and the primary reason that I wrote it, in all honesty, is that uh, for dramas that I write, there's usually a message or there's a reason. And in my case, uh, for this story, one thing that I really hate in my personal life is bullies and or people who use the court system to abuse other people uh, who maybe don't have enough money to, you know, fight the battles, so on and so forth. And so that was really what was at the root of the story and how I came up with it. Um, I literally was sitting in a bank, you know, waiting to my loan officer and all this kind of stuff. And I was looking around and I I said, oh, wow. A bank is a great metaphor for this, this message that's in this story. And I thought, well, I wonder if, you know, what, what could I do to make this seem like a realistic robbery? So I literally sat there, looked around at their camera system, looked at how the bank was set up and everything else. And I came up with what I thought was a plausible <laughs> way to rob the, or to attempt to rob the bank. Um, and so that's really where it started. But the story itself is about uh, a guy by the name of Lieutenant Gus Martin. He's a police negotiator uh, in Los Angeles. And he thinks he's coming to a routine um, negotiation situation because there's an attempted bank robbery that ends up failing and they, the people that robbed the bank tried to come up with, um, not tried to come up with, they end up with something like 30, 35 hostages and they bring us in. But in the middle of this negotiation, trying to get the people out, he realizes that he's actually the target of the people attempting to rob the bank. So they're using his playlist against him. And they force him to do a basically global television interview in answer and answering their questions. And if he doesn't tell the truth, they know and they end up killing people one by one. So, I, it, it's a pretty interesting journey. Uh, nobody yet has seen the twists coming, uh, which is kind of a compliment. And it's most similar to, I would say, Inside Man, uh, The Usual Suspects, and Die Hard. Uh, so, if you it's like... It's so
0: funny. I was thinking of the Die Hard movie when you were talking about how, like, they had an ulterior motive. and yeah. Like, it's such yeah. a classic, you know... Um. It, great heist movie i i love the fact that like you were in line at the bank and just kind of daydreaming you know i I do, I do that stuff All i'm not a writer but i come up with like ideas and like i'll jot them down but it's it's i don't know it's something about like never you know, i'm pretty sure i've talked about it before but like never giving up that kind of like play aspect when you're a kid yeah you're a creative person like you know yeah. you you had imaginary friends you know you may not act it out like you would when you're a little kid, but the, there's those times when you're just in like a, a store or a bank or your mind just starts wandering kind of creating this, you know?
1: Yeah. You end up coming with a, you know, a story and then, you know, you bounce it off a couple of people to see if, you know, does this even plausible and they're like, yeah are you a bank robber dude what's your problem
0: you know so <laughs> is this admitting something like <laughs> yeah exactly so it's like
1: I, I hope nothing happens in my neighborhood anytime soon because you know who they're gonna come after yeah so
0: that's funny yeah but it's,
1: it's doing uh really well and i was frankly surprised because with little publicity it made it to i think up to number 12 on amazon's bestsellers list and it's like okay oh, i'll wow. take it that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah man yeah. So, you know, hopefully we can keep it running. So, so I, and, and the goal is to turn it into a movie. Yeah. Uh, because what ended up happening is I actually started off to write. I've probably got three books going right now that I've been trying to finish for Lord knows how long. And I got mm, almost three quarters of the way through this one. And I thought, you know, I should go ahead and write the script now. So I, I wrote the script, started shopping the script. And because of some of the notes that I was getting, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to wait on these guys to, you know, say that this is a good story. I will finish the book, um, you know, put it out there, and then I'll come back around with a stronger IP. So
0: here we are. Yeah, I mean, it just gives you a better, like, bargaining position, really, if, if it succeeded as a book. I, I mean, where art meets commerce, man. So, yeah. yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is this your first foray into the whole writing a book and wanting to try and convert to a script?
1: It's the, it's the first book that I've done,
0: but I've actually
1: written, let's see, uh, I think three movies that, uh, not counting this one, that, you know, be- are being shopped around and a couple of TV shows, comedies that yeah. have been run yeah. up the flagpole over at CBS. Well, I don't know if I was supposed to say that, but, you mm-hmm. know, no, nobody's written a big check yet.
0: you didn't say what one so that could be anything. yeah good point Uh, yeah um do you prefer writing something serious or comedy i always feel like writing comedy is so much harder because i feel like people tend to write what they think is funny not necessarily what's funny to a broader audience and so a lot of times you know i never thought of it that way Like I've had friends who've written like comedic comic books and like, if you don't work in their particular store with their four guys that they know, you're like, I don't get why this is funny. Yeah. This isn't funny
1: at all. (laughs) Why is this guy standing here every day in the same spot? Um, No, actually it's, it comes out pretty evenly for me because I'm, you know, kind of naturally a happy, silly person. So the comedy comes easy. And the drama can be harder, but I know it's the truth when I can actually feel it. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah. you know, coming from an acting background, when you see dialogue and you're reading it either out loud or inside your head, you can feel it when it's true. and that's how I know when the drama's right. But the comedy is kind of comes naturally,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, just like a lot of people i i came up with new hobbies during COVID and I started writing one of the stories that I had in, in script format. And there was just one of the characters that I'm just like, I don't really know how to voice that character, you know? And so, so I understand like the other ones I felt very natural, like, okay, like I get not just their motivations, but like their personality. And it just kind of came easily. But there's this one who I just can't, I'm like, it just sounds, it sounds like movie dialogue opposed to just like a normal person talking.
1: Like conversation? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Any tips? <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly,
1: just, you know, really, okay, if I have an audition, mm-hmm. I, you know, of course, to try to memorize the lines, this, that, and the other. But every now and then, when something doesn't feel right, I will go to the bathroom mirror. I swear to God. Yeah. I'll go to the okay. bathroom mirror, say the lines. And if I believe what that guy that I'm looking at says, then I know... I'm in the pocket. Yeah. Um yeah. M- maybe, you know, basically if you take a, a buddy out for beers, um just talk to him about talk to him about, you know, your story, but turn your phone on. And you're going to come across with a way to because you're you'll forget about the phone recording mm-hmm. and you'll just talk to your buddy, and I'll bet you the dialogue fixes fixes itself.
0: Interesting. I like that idea. I'll have to give that a try. Yeah, well, um, beer—a a lot of beer helps. Hey, we're inebriate. Inebriate comes before us. Yeah, exactly, you know? <laughs> man. Um, so you were talking about um, uh, going for auditions. I almost said interviews, but uh, you—you've been in a ton of stuff. You are quite quite the prolific actor. Um, Thank you. I, I couldn't find a recent Star Trek that you weren't in. <laughs> and uh, and you're in one of my favorite Star Trek shows, The Orville. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah.
1: I. Um, OK, well, first off, I'm six foot four. So there's that. Uh, and that comes into play when uh, they're looking for people to play, you know, aliens or, mm-hmm. you know, people that might be some type of a physical threat. Um, but it, it was funny. I, I auditioned for a particular casting director for what was she casting at the time? It was one of the lawyer shows, really popular lawyer shows, and I could never get the gig. But then they brought me in for Star Trek uh, for what was my first one? You remember uh, Deep Space Nine? Of course. Yeah. OK, I end up booking the role on there. And it's the only sh- only show I've ever been killed on.
0: <laughs> oh really <laughs> I, was,
1: uh, yeah, I ended up um, doing scenes with uh, Tony Todd and uh, who plays Kern mm-hmm. uh, in that and, and then of course Michael Dorn, who was Wharf. And I also was a, a, a Klingon officer. And those two end up killing me by the end of the show, but because of how well that went they started bringing me into other parts of the Star Trek universe and and I didn't die anymore. I, yeah. I even got to be a, even got to be a human in one of the movies but um, a lot of the scenes were cut because of a height disparity between myself and Patrick Stewart. But the only thing that's frustrating about that kind of stuff is dude, you knew I was 6'4" <laughs>
0: when you, <laughs> you cast me. Him. Yeah,
1: yeah. So so now you're going to be mad at me for being taller than somebody that it, it, anyway yeah. But, you know, that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood.
0: Uh, So is it because where you keep getting brought back into the same, you know, series or series of movies, um, you know, I always say, you know, because my kids are getting older and I'm trying to, like, pass on some information. I'm always like, you know, if you make a mistake, don't pass the buck. Own up for it. Just be like, yep, my bad won't happen again. Yeah. Yeah and be easy to work with like don't create more work for the people working with you like is is that the kind of thing that gets you brought back again and again being kind of like
1: uh easy um, to work with or like there's there, there's easy to work with you know you know your lines and you hit your marks um but yeah i hadn't really thought of that before but th- th- yeah because that was actually the first group of producers that started bringing me in for roles that I didn't even audition for. I started getting, you know, just direct offers. Um, and in other offices, I'm still, you know, trying to get the first job. So I I still have to audition over there. Uh, but yeah, I think it is all about, um, you know, just knowing your stuff, hitting your marks and, you know, being relatively cool to work with, or at least if there is an issue, you handle it in a way that's professional, you know, (laughs) as opposed to that's it. And, and start flipping tables and, <laughs> and act, acting an ass. I'll
0: be in my trailer. <laughs> that, that, exactly. Or,
1: you know, I told you people I did not like seeds on my strawberries. And it's just like, oh, yeah. really? Because you'd be surprised that the people that do that, um, but they get away with it, maybe because of, you know, their stature. But at some point, you know, everybody faces the other side of the mountain. And it's like, OK, you planted a lot of bad seeds there, sir. Yeah, yeah,
0: and, you know, you know it's one of those just after after a certain amount of time, like, people just have had it, and they're like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm good. Yeah, I can find yeah, out people. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, no,
1: that's really good advice that you give to the kids, I think, anyway. That's the same kind of stuff I tell mine. Yeah. what You know, when they listen.
0: Yeah, I mean, most of the time they just roll their eyes and. Mm-hmm. like my youngest is like, bro. And I'm like, don't dad, like call me dad, not bro. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Let's not until you're 32. Can you call yeah. me bro?
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it's fun. Cause like they're, you know, they're getting, they're up there now and, and my youngest is really trying to get into like a creative field. And so it's really, I, I find it very exciting to kind of like watch them become on, yeah become like a uh, a person you know yeah yeah are, are your kids like going into creative fields or the,
1: uh the, i i don't want to jinx it but i think one i think one is definitely going to end up there and there's another one that may yeah uh, well i'll just say it uh sydney may that's my oldest um my son is 16 and I'm surprised that he's taken, you, you know, um, not drama courses, but uh, like video production and things like that. And I'm like, oh, look at you go. And I don't say anything, yeah. but I see yeah. him. And then my youngest, uh, you know, who knows? Because she's only 10.
0: Oh, yeah. 10, like, Ten. they still yeah. want to be, you know, a ballerina astronaut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. So do you prefer acting or writing? Or, or do you find them scratching a similar itch like how? Like-
1: the, the the acting thing is fun and it, it really depends on the project that i'm in like you know doing comedies i love it just because it's fun and it's something that people watch i think to you know just make them forget you know their problems at least for that half hour or however long you know the comedies is on for um so it serves a useful purpose the dramas I enjoy when it's a, a good drama. Yeah. There have been some that I've been in that are kind of like, well, all right, this is where they're going to play the violin. And yeah, so I got to hold this look, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> it's not really great. Um, that, that's a little harder to deal with. But man, when it's got a, a nice message, um, I love that. Uh, but, but that's okay from the acting standpoint. But I'm actually getting to a place now where I'm enjoying writing, because it's actually coming from me as opposed mm-hmm. to me fitting into somebody else's puzzle.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Do you, yeah. do you like, cause I very much like working in a collaborative type of thing, um, regardless of what I'm working on, because I feel like I feel like almost I'll never create something as good as I can with someone else because they'll, even if I love an idea, it'll be like, oh, you know, add this little cherry on top. And you would be like, oh, I never even thought of the cherry on top. That's that. Yeah. That sells it. That's so great. You're, yeah. Even just like kind of passing along, you know, that script or, or whatever to someone else and be like, just read this and, and tell me what you think. But you have to need that right person who's going to be like, this is dog crap. Like, what are you right. doing? Right. You know, right. like, right. Yeah.
1: That's going to absolutely tell you the truth. You yeah, have to have a good, circle of people that you can trust for that and like you said when when they say well you know you might want to consider you know having this character do you know don't eat the donut there yeah. you know save the donut for later because it's a great metaphor and you're like oh yeah 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 but what's really cool is that after all of that is done and then you know you you bring the actors in and then they're starting to do stuff with your material that you didn't even see it's it's mind-blowing because it's like oh, shit, I'm, I'm a pretty great writer, actually. But, <laughs> it's like, and you you had no idea that was even going to happen. That part is pretty fun.
0: Yeah, like I I've, I've watch, um, there's a YouTube show called uh, New Rockstars, and they do like a lot of deep dives in, in like uh, nerd movies and nerd TV shows, and they're always like, you know, they're using this color as a metaphor for this coming up, blah, blah, blah. And you always wonder, I'm like, are they <laughs> are they though are yeah. they? Or did yeah. they just like that looks cool let's do that you know yeah. um, the bird so- just happened to fly
1: by maybe maybe <laughs> that's what happened yeah 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 exactly
0: yeah. you know I, I sometimes it's like you know what's that what's that um uh sigmund freud sometimes a cigar is just a cigar kind of you know sometimes yep some stop reading into it sometimes it's yeah sometimes it's
1: not all those things but you know thanks for giving it a try we appreciate <laughs> that
0: yeah so with since your um audiobook has a twist uh do you how do you go about foreshadowing it are you trying to foreshadow it without giving like like the the automatic twist that jumps to my my mind is sixth sense and I had some friends be like, oh, That's I knew perfect. he was dead the whole time. And other, I'm like, bullshit you did. Like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you,
1: maybe after you watched it three times, yeah. you did. But uh, no, what what I, I I did, at least in this instance, is, um, you know, we've all seen the thrillers, suspense things. And you've seen the negotiators, you know, going through these uh, dramatic twists and turns. But You've kind of been there before and you, you kind of know what's going to happen, you know, a, a lot of times. So what I did is intentionally I start I start the book off with a, a scene that he's finishing up a negotiation. You know, somebody's got a gun at somebody's head, that whole thing. But it's it's the same thing that everybody has seen before. So I started off in the world that you already know. He does pretty much what you think he's going to do but uh what the most important thing about that setup is that you actually get to see him in action and he defines who he is as a person but now you think you know what's going on and as soon as that's over everything else that happens is not what it seems to be but you think it is because Mm -hmm. of how the setup happened Uh,
0: you know i i i love that sort of thing and it makes me think uh I love um, Firefly, Josh Whedon's show. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an episode that opens up. They like defeat some local bandits and they're at this little celebration. And this woman walks up and, you know, hands the captain a bowl and he drinks out of it. And then she puts a wreath on his head. And I turned to my wife at the time. And I'm like, if they're married because of that, I'm going to be so pissed off because that's so cheap. (laughs) And of course, they end up married because of that. But by the end of the episode, you're like, this is my favorite episode. I never saw any of this coming. But it's like, any of it coming, yeah. yeah, he kind of like lures you in with that. Like, oh, this is a trope. And then by the end of it, you're like, it, I no, never it is saw not any of this coming.
1: Yeah. But, well, and it. what's kind of cool, at least I think, you know, in the story is that uh, there's there's several twists and, and, and points that are made. But one of the major twists is something that. I'll just say I literally put it right in front of you. And because it's right there happening in a normal, I've seen this movie a hundred times, uh, set up, you don't notice it. And, and it's like, you know, so you're trying to figure out what's going on. It's like, dude, I literally told you on the first page, you know what this is about, but you didn't see it. Cause it was right there. Just like six cents.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that stuff. So. Yeah. Um, and you did all the voices for the audiobook? Uh, no, no. I did all but one. Oh, all but one. Huh? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, excuse no. me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I
1: want to, wanted to get that out there. But yeah, I did... Um, I'm not really an impressionist, so I really only did, I think, 10 different voices for some major characters. And what I did do, and this is the truth, is that the rest of them are in my voice, but... I think most of the time, uh, because I was conscious of their, I don't know, spirit, their history, you know, all the same stuff you do as an actor, where you have to come up with all this backstory for this, you know, person, so that when they speak, what they're saying makes sense, and you understand why they're using those, the emphasis that they're using. I did that for all the characters, and I'm telling you, it almost drove me crazy. I, the, I, I honestly I didn't set out to do it that way, but circumstances, um, you know, came about that. It was like, well, you know, the only way this is really going to get done is if you do it. And so I started down the path, but yeah, I did 55 characters including the narrator. That's
0: That's crazy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have that, that moment of like, you're reading like one set of line or dialogue and you're like, Oh, I'm doing in Susie's personality. I'm supposed to be in Jimmy's like, Oh, we do right, that again because right. I'm, you know, yeah. No, I, you know, I did
1: what I, because what I would do is I would rehearse it and re- like I would only do it one chapter at a time. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, had it color coded, you know, so I knew that if I'm talking in Bob, I got to be Bob when it's yellow and I got to oh, be this person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. yeah. So I had all of that stuff going, but um, yeah, it was, it was a little overwhelming at first because my original intention was to have, you know, some the hire some of my actor friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I was going to do, I think, a cast of eight to ten people. And I either had the studio, but everybody couldn't make it, or people could make it, but the studio wasn't available. The, you know, all this stuff was going on. And, you know, because I do commercials and, and voiceover stuff, I've got a, a small studio mm-hmm. at my house. So I thought, okay, well, I can't have everybody over here to do it, um, but time's wasting, so let's go, let's do it. And so I started and I asked a girlfriend of mine who's a really good voiceover actress um, to play the main uh, female character uh, because I just felt like that character needed her own voice and and a true representation of who that person is. So I figured, okay, if I give uh, an actor one job and they nail it, uh, then on, when I'm in scenes with her, I just have to meet her energy. I won't have to think as much. And so that's that's how I uh, came up with that little
0: workaround. Yeah. And did you record your dialogue like at the same time? Were you both reading or did she record her dialogue separately? Oh, no, 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 no. We did it at the same time. Yeah. Same time. Yeah. I think that yeah. just lends. I don't think I don't want to say that you can tell, but you can you can tell like there's just something about when it, when that's done that there's just little things that you can kind of pick up on and go like, oh, yeah, I feel like feels more natural, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly, because you're, you're literally if you know, yeah, you have to look at the book and read the words. But if you can look into somebody's eyes and have a conversation with them, mm-hmm. um, it may not happen on the first read. It's like, I ah, know that wasn't it. And then you say the same thing again. But now you don't have to look at the book as much because you've done it a couple of times. Um, by that third take, it, it's, it it you feel the connection. And it's like, OK, that was the shit. I know that one was
0: good. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. like Zoom, Zoom is uh, kind of that way. I'll I'll have people that I interview that don't put on the camera because like we don't record the video section of this. But um you you can tell the difference, I think, in those episodes where they're a little more disconnect. I mean, right. you're already on Zoom, so you're disconnected somewhat. Um, when we started this, my whole thing was like if it's not in person, we're not doing it. There's no way I'm gonna, you know do any phone interviews or blah, blah, blah. And then like COVID happened. I'm like, well, maybe we're going to have to make some adjustments. We're going to do some phone interviews
1: and I'm okay with that. That's what the Lord intended.
0: Yeah. We (laughs) we went dark for a month while we kind of like sorted it out and figured out what we're going to do. But I mean, it's not, it's not bad. Like I'd much rather be sitting, you know, having a beer you know, yeah. but, uh, it, it it suits its purpose, you know?
1: Well, th- th- it's cool, that, like you said, because at least with the camera going, it's it. you may hear some words and you're not really, th- did he mean this or that? But I can look at the look on your face and go, oh, no, no, this is exactly what he meant because mm-hmm. he wouldn't have said that and, and be smiling right. if he right. meant it the other way, you know?
0: Yeah. It, it, and like part of it from my end as, as someone who's interviewing, it's like my... know i don't plan these questions as i told you it's just a conversation so i got to keep the ball up in the air and make it kind of interesting and if like i see the person you know constantly like checking their phone then i'm like (laughs) all right like i gotta i gotta kind of change this up and get this person engaged and then that's that's my job if the camera's off i have no idea what's going on and right right so that that's uh that's the the hard part i think is is making it feel like a casual conversation and, and not an interview.
1: Well, uh, it, it's hard, but man, when it works uh, and you're 300 episodes in now, so you are the veteran. Of, yeah, of doing I've done it
0: a it. couple times. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I find it hard and, to shut up. You've been like, juggling
1: the ball pretty well today. I'd say
0: yeah, I, uh, I, I will have a conversation with, you know, someone to come over to fix the water heater or something. You know, you're standing behind them just kind of next thing. You know, you're like, I'm I'm Am I interviewing you? Am I asking too many questions? I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> shut it off. But do you do you find that like with your acting and your writing do you, is? Are there times when you want to shut it off? That like you you you're like oh I'm not a writer today or you know I'm just dad or whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes it's not that I want to shut it off, but you know the dad stuff takes priority. So if somebody's got the basketball game, even though if I'm in the flow in a and and I'm writing something or. Coaching somebody on an audition or doing my own auditions, I gotta do that, do that later. What's mm-hmm. interesting, you know, you're talking about the COVID situation. You know, we started doing uh, probably 90% of the auditions that we have now are self-taped. So mm-hmm. we literally mm-hmm. have home little home studios with the backdrop and lighting and everything else, and somebody off camera that's acting the other roles while you're doing your audition. Um, that's the only time that I have to finish because I'm using other people's time and you know energy, but everything else it's like well time to be dead, uh, you know, it just happens that way.
0: Is is that self taped interview part of what is up for debate in the actor yes. strike? Yes, I because I
1: that. there there's. Um, Some people, you know, most of the cast and it's not the casting directors. Most of the time it's the producers putting pressure on the casting directors saying, hey, we got to find this character in a day. So Mm -hmm. you thinking, "Okay, hey, I think I'll, you know, go to the mountains or go to the beach later today. So you're in that mode and you get this email and and a phone call saying, hey, look, you got an audition, but they need it by four o'clock today.
0: (laughs) You're like, oh, sure. No problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Here, let me let me go ahead and memorize these eight pages and uh, it's let's, let's see. I got goes. plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. and, and then meanwhile, this is just a random name. So this is uh, a real case. But then after you interrupt your whole day, your whole family's day, everything else, you you work, try to get this audition done. You do a, a pretty good job, given the circumstances. And then they hire Denzel. And you're like, really? So I I, I stood a chance. on getting that. <laughs> and I, yeah. You know. So uh, that's the part that they are negotiating because you know it's it's too much of a roller coaster, and and heaven forbid that you get two other auditions the same day, right? You know, so now you got three auditions, and and so you have to put them in the order that they're due, Um, even though you may not feel like that. um, it, It gets to be too much, and so they're limiting what we're going for as a union. Is to limit the size of the audition, mm-hmm. um, the time span that it's due, you know, some things that just just kind of common sense. Uh, because literally, this production company doesn't care that you've got four other auditions. They don't. They want to see the character they want to see.
0: Yeah. It's that idea of, well, what I'm working on is important. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, it's that's definitely one mentality. of the things on tape, man. Yeah. Oh,
1: you hate, it. and it's just, it's just again, it's just greed. It's just mm-hmm. greed at the root of it, which uh, I, I wish more people understood. But they they think it's actors being greedy, and it really isn't. When you look at the the, the scale and the scheme of the overall situation, it's not.
0: Yeah, I, I think the the problem with that is you know Joe Average who has no contact or behind the scenes at all of the industry goes the actors are on strike why is dwayne the rock johnson on strike he makes a ton of money it's like yeah it's not right exactly (laughs) how many millions
1: does he need yeah Yeah.
0: it it is it is police officer number seven who's on strike (laughs) yeah the people that you see as guest stars
1: and well and even the series regulars that's you know that's who's on strike but Mm -hmm. man the um what would you call them the working actors you know that you know, like I guest star on this show and then next week I'll be on a whole another show in a whole different universe. People like myself and 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 others. It's it's, man, it's, it's
0: tough. tough. It's, it's tough. The, you know, the guy. The, the, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, the guy I, from that, that show. Doing. He's in that other I, show with that other person, too. The, or, or
1: even sometimes, I, you know, I'm out and I might be having dinner with the kids or whatever. And the, and somebody, you know, will come over and they're like, excuse me. You know my cousin Dave? I'm like, "Mm, Dave, uh, you know, I don't think that's where you know me from because I don't want to be an ass and be like, I'm actually, no, I've been in the movies. (laughs) Uh, You know, but uh, people can't figure it out. Or the other circumstance is that's kind of weird and funny. Uh, I always enjoy this. If I'm at a mall or something, some little kid will pull their mother over towards me and the parents are trying to figure out, well, why are we? what who was he you know And meanwhile i've been on this disney show or this nickelodeon show and they're like oh that's the guy you know yeah so that is always hilarious when you see parents that are like i don't know if we should do this
0: yeah <laughs> that's great yeah i i uh my my only brush with fame um i just telling you I'm, I'm i live in plymouth and we have uh the thanksgiving day parade it's a huge thing down here parade mm-hmm. day and i one year I brought my kids to it and you know, we're just hanging out and someone's like, excuse me. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, I just wanted to say, you know, I'm a big fan. And I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. Of like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of, of who? And he's like, you know, <laughs> I follow you online and blah blah. I just wanted to say I think what you're doing is great, and you know, I'm gonna come to some of your events and blah. And like, walked off, and I had like this most like confused look, and I turned my kids, and I'm like, you saw that, right? That just happened. You saw that. That's so cool. <laughs> that is
1: so cool. What's well, good, like, man? You yeah. you should be recognized for it because, like I said, three hundred some odd episodes, you guys have built it up. That's
0: it's, beautiful. Yeah. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's you know, it's. It's work man you know it's how how old are your kids if i can ask oh sure uh my youngest is 19 and my son is 21 and uh, okay he turned 21 back in june wow so, yeah. wow okay
1: well hopefully you've written a pamphlet i've only got one that's that far along i've got uh the 20 year old 16 and 10
0: yeah so it, it's so i'm gonna plug someone entirely else um i find some of the best life advice regarding work and yeah family and relationships adam savage really from mythbusters he has a new like he's got a youtube show called tested and like i think it's like sundays like he does like a, a patreon you know people write him questions and he just does kind of a live you know thing and he'll talk about like Oh, this is how you bid a job. And just completely behind the scenes, totally honest, no bullshit, just like, this is how you bid a job. This is the pitfalls you're going to have. This is this and da 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 da. But he'll yeah. also be like, you know, because he's got twin boys and who are adults now. And he'll be like, you know, he's like, I see myself as a, a shepherd, you know, like I, I'm like, you know, I have to guide them. And then he'll talk about like relationship and the work life balance and like how like him and his wife are, uh, you know, always like, uh, uh, since COVID became like in, really involved in like making meals in the kitchen and and kind of just some of the best most honest life advice and I'm like really yeah, this okay guy's a, he's a genius he can blow stuff up and he's got good relationships it's like Man. don't mind if I do <laughs> the, 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 hey so that's impressed. that's brilliant yeah. okay
1: but well, just, I've, written, I've written his name down so I, I have to try to check him out
0: yeah i think it's sundays and like it usually goes up in like a couple of clips that he'll do like a few questions and some of it's just you know celebrity stuff being like oh what's it you know myth MythBusters?" but then like he will frequently like give you like little tidbits of life advice and i'm like it's so good that's cool yeah and, and yeah definitely anyone listen check him out because all right like, he seems like a genuinely good guy and you know. And I have never met him,
1: so that that which means nothing because man, there's so many people that are visible, uh, especially out here. Um, you know, you meet people, you don't meet others, uh, but mm-hmm. you just hear stories, you know, from other people that you know and trust. Like you just telling me about him, like you know what that 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 resonated. I, I might yeah. check him yeah. out. Yeah. Uh,
0: have you had a, a celebrity run in that? Because I I. Try not to, you know. I'm a fanboy, like I grew up on yeah, Star yeah. Wars, but like, you know, if you meet those people, you're like, Hey, I like your work, and then you kind of go about your business. Um, did, have you met someone that kind of made you fanboy out a little bit? Like, what was that interaction where you're like, Oh, um, I met Denzel uh, or whoever? It, like...
1: it wasn't, it wasn't, um, a meeting, it was at, Do you remember the show Boston Legal?
0: Uh, I I never watched it, but I knew of it. So okay, all right. I, was I go on in, that? huh? Was Shatner on that? Am I yes. That? Okay. Yes, yeah, he yeah. was. Okay. So this is
1: uh, you know probably I don't know 15, 18 years ago, but I go in for an audition for this big guest star spot on Boston Legal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is I'm, I'm I'm answering your question. Yeah. Uh, I go into this big guest star spot. And, you know, sometimes you go at, when you're doing live auditions, you don't get to redo it like you do if you're doing a self-tape. So there's a lot more pressure for you to be good that first time. Otherwise, you won't get a second time to do it. Sure. So I go in, I meet the casting director and there's an assistant in there, whatever. And I ask if I have any questions I'm like no. Nah. So um, I do I do this scene. And sometimes, you know, you know, immediately if you suck. And then there's other times, y- y- you know, when you hit it, it, it's going over the fence. It's like, you just stand there. You're watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, damn, so, I'm good. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was like, fuck, I am a brilliant actor. Yeah. So I have one of those auditions for this huge thing. And I know it's note perfect. <clears throat> and as soon as I'm done, the cast director looks at me. and says oh, that was brilliant. Hey, would you mind reading this other role? And I'm like, "Uh, okay. Uh, And it's it's a smaller role. And I look at it for, I don't know, 15 minutes or whatever. And I come in and I do that audition. And it goes very well. Mm -hmm. And she's Mm -hmm. like, you know, great meeting you, this, that, and the other. So I leave. And this was back when we had pagers (laughs) before I even get to my car. Pagers going off. It's my agent. So I call. And long story short, it's like, oh, they loved you. They want you to come back for a call back this afternoon. It's like, okay, great. Um, so I come back. Now, this time, who's in the room? David Kelly, the, the, you know, there's 13 people in the room, and I'm coming in to do this huge guest star spot again. And the afternoon went very, very well. But this one, a double home run, if there is such a thing. It was yeah. like, you know, everybody's on base is coming. It, I kill it. And immediately she's like, you remember the other role that you read? Could you read that again? And I'm like, yeah, though. okay. <laughs> do that. It goes well. Again, it's a smaller role. Yeah. So um, I do that. And bef- again, before I get to my car, the page was going off. They love you, this, that, and the other. and But they wanted to put me in this smaller role. It was still a guest star, but it was like, well, wonder what that was about. I get on set. I'm um, talking to somebody that I know, and you know how you can feel the energy shift mm-hmm. uh, in a room? Okay, so I'm on set uh, talking to somebody at the craft services table, and, you know, I knew that William Shatner was on the show, so that, and I knew, you know, some other people, but I really didn't know the show. Man, I get called to rehearsal, and I turn the corner, and I walk into this setup where um, I'm standing there with, let's see. Renee Abigenois, who's really big from the Star Trek universe. Yep. William Shatner, Candace Bergen, Michael J. Fox, and me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, am I on punk? I was like, what
1: the fuck? I was like, you know, so I'm trying to play it cool, but I literally had to walk away because it's like, oh, this is why they wanted me in this role, because yeah. they wanted somebody that wouldn't melt. And I'm telling you, I almost melted. <laughs> but at the end of uh, that week, the thing that was so cool, um, even though I was inside, I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, the thing that was so cool was that when you know you're done doing your filming, typically the director will say, "Everyone, uh, this is Ellie Woods' last day," and you know they give you a little applause or whatever, and you leave. But when he did it, those four came to me.
0: And I, it just
1: made me feel like I was in the club, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so that was cool, and that was the closest to me fanboying out. But because I was overwhelmed when I first saw this group of people that I was in these scenes with, yes. and it's like, wow, okay. So, um, I, long, long winding story. I know, but that was the that's most a great story. Example. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and that, the uh, makes only think other of... time that makes me think of like the imposter syndrome thing about like, yeah. Moments where you're like, I don't belong here. (laughs) Right. This is like, I mean, everybody
1: in here is going to the television hall of fame. Right. Except me, (laughs) at least at at present, you know? So, uh, but that was a, it was a nice little thing that was uh, given to me that kind of made me know, you know, so you might be pretty good at this, which, and not in an arrogant way, but just like, wow, okay, I can do this. Yeah. So it, it was it was really very fulfilling from that standpoint.
0: I think those moments are always important for the next time, the next time yeah. where you're feeling a lot of place. You're like, wait, hang on. Hang on. I, you know, I did that. Exactly. Other thing. You exactly. Know, I, got, I got this. I, yeah. you know, I'm super stressed out, but I got it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, the- yeah. It. It's it's those types of stories are some of my favorite things about being in like a creative field where you're just like it was bizarre and you know in this position and like we we've recently had this opportunity thrown at us like i i don't know if i can't talk about it but i'm just not gonna because i don't want to jinx it right but it was just one of those where someone's pitching us the idea and trying to sweeten the deal i'm like you could have just said, Can you? And I'm there. Like, this is um, such I was a great in. opportunity. Like, you don't to deal anymore. And it's just so weird and flattering, you know? Yeah. It, I, it,
1: that you actually belong at at the, at the big boys' table. Yeah, exactly. You really yeah. do. Yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah. It's, it, it's always a, a pleasant experience. It's weird, but it's pleasant.
1: So. I think the worst thing, and I'll be brief, the. The worst situation I ever had was uh, Long Island iced tea induced. I'd had two, and uh, <laughs> okay. I, I was at a the, the club with a friend, and I don't know how I ended up in the VIP area, but there I was, and it was very crowded. Um, and you know, I'm into these Long Island iced teas, looking down at the dance floor, and there's this huge crowd of people around me. Next thing I know, the crowd kind of you know pushes all to one side, and Almost knocks me down. And so I'm not normally this person, but literally, as I, you know, get my balance, I turn back around to face whoever it was that was causing this all this pushing and shoving. And I literally say, What in the F is your problem?
0: Now, did you hear the
1: hesitation? Yeah, that hesitation was, as I turned around, it was Mike Tyson. And so literally <laughs> I had just cursed out Mike Tyson and I'm standing by a railing and I'm like, I'm about to die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he, he was so totally cool and it surprised him so much that he was like, um, oh, man, I'm sorry. I didn't see you standing there. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Okay. okay, don't hit me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so well, then we'll just leave it there, then you know. But I, yeah, that was that was insane. But that's the kind of stuff that happens in LA. You never know who's going to
0: be where. Yeah, that that's that's cool, man. Um, this was so much fun, man. I am so glad that I stumbled across that email in my spam folder. I gotta like figure out man, what's up with my man, spam folder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where no. can people go to uh, download Rise of the Unicorn?
1: Uh, it's on, well, the, the book and ebook are on all the major platforms, but the exclusive mm-hmm. place that you can go for the audio book uh, is actually uh, Amazon, but it is available on, let's see, Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. So I know that those three, but it's it's an arrangement specifically with Amazon, and they farmed it out to the other two locations.
0: And we can't promote any movies still. But uh, where can people go to see what you're working on? are you, are you, are you big on social media? Do you have a TikTok? I,
1: I don't have a TikTok. <laughs> you no, know, you know what? That's not true. I have a TikTok, yeah. but I've only signed on once, so I, I don't I don't get it yet. Yeah. But I, I'll get back to it. But um, I've got um, I'm on Twitter under D. Elliot E. L. L. I. O. T. Woods, uh, and same on Instagram. Um, we got some other stuff going. And the only other thing I'm working on right now that I could talk about is another book. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's an interdimensional love story called 11 minutes and 14 seconds.
0: Okay. Sounds interesting. Yeah.
1: The, uh, the short version is that everybody knows what leap year is, um, comes every four years, you get mm-hmm. this extra day in the year. The reason why is because it takes the everybody thinks it takes 365 days for the earth to go around the sun,
0: but it in reality, a little more, or a little less, right? It, it, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah.
1: And so then they had, they give you this day every four years. So if you take a day, 24 hours divided by four, that's six hours. However, it actually takes 365 days, five hours, 44 minutes and 46 seconds. So every time they give you a leap year you get 11 minutes and 14 seconds too much and over time that adds up yeah, and yeah. it pulls you further away from uh the time you're supposed to be in yeah. so yeah. that's the fundamental issue that's being resolved
0: uh, are you a science nerd i feel like you're a science nerd i, I got issues that. man i yeah. told you i, I got that, issues <laughs> yeah. uh, i've been following the um I, I keep waiting for like a good article to be written. The um, asteroid that was returned... Mm, don't it, know that one. Uh, yeah, so they they sent up a satellite and basically collected a chunk of rock off of an asteroid and then brought it back, and when mm-hmm. they opened up the container, they had... So there's like the container from my understanding, you know... Um, and then there's like an interior container where they expected the rock to be, and all inside... Of the the outer container is just like covered in like this black fine powder and dust, and they're all like, "We're getting so much more than we expected, and this is like some of the origins of the universe." So they're like, "I'm just waiting for them to like actually run some tests and find some cool shit."
1: Man, uh, at some point, I'm waiting on somebody to come through the the atmosphere and be like, "Okay." We've seen you guys fuck this up long <laughs> enough. No.
0: <Yeah. laughs> just like you're talking yeah, to
1: your dog. No. Yeah, it. <laughs> stop it. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. man. So, no, but thank you so much for for having me on. Yeah, like, it's an
0: absolute pleasure, man. Yeah, man. I really appreciate you so
1: um you know all the best and yeah well clearly this is the best episode i'm sure of all the ones you've
0: ever done so i can't even remember any of the other ones
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh no really appreciate it yeah
0: and when your other books ready man come back on we'll talk some more okay very cool yeah appreciate you cool have a good one all right you too And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, If you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also, don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk, Podcast. Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Art Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. So thanks again for listening.